Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and a warm welcome to the last presentation of our quarterly report in 2011. My name is Jørgen Hun Rasmussen, and in line with tradition, my colleagues in executive management will assist me in taking you through our presentation. And just if anybody in the room wondered about my nice blue Eiffel Smith colored crutches, it's not because we kick each other in executive management, it's just tennis. Recently, the uncertainty has increased in the world in general, and in Europe in particular, which justifies a normal disclaimer. But in spite of that, our customers remain completely calm. And Eiffel Smith maintains completely unchanged course through this ocean of uncertainty. This is not by coincidence. This is by design, because we have ensured that we are not dependent on neither the European nor the U.S. markets. And this is also reflected in our key messages for today, where we are actually upgrading our full-year revenue guidance that we have now specified at the upper end of the range. And at the same time, we maintain our full-year EBIT ratio guidance. We're proud to announce two records today, all-time high, the order intake in minerals in the last quarter of 4.7 billion Danish kroner, which is the highest ever. At the same time, we had the biggest service revenue in cement and minerals combined in one quarter, almost 2 billion kroner. This is the result of a systematic effort two years to constantly increase our services, and it is a continuation of the high level from the first half of the year. The good news today is that we have not observed any signs of slowdown in our markets or reactions from our customers. And finally, we maintain a high activity within mergers and acquisitions, and this is partly a result of the fact that we in January this year established our own internal M&A department, which has been instrumental in securing a steady flow, and we plan to continue along these lines. The key figures show the positive development in the order intake where we, uh, after the first half of the year, were lagging behind 2010, but now after the third quarter we are more than 10% ahead of 2010. Both revenue and gross margin are practically unchanged from last year, year to date, whereas our SGNA ratio, that is our capacity costs, are up due to the very high proposal activity, especially in minerals, and thereby the EBIT ratio is down. Our cash flow from operations continues to be satisfying with almost 1 billion kroner year to date, whereas our cash position is reduced because of the high level of investments and acquisitions to support our future growth. Minerals has overtaken cement, even more so than 
at half year, both in revenue and in order intake, and now also in the EBIT results. We passed the point of no return. The market trends are practically unchanged compared to a quarter ago at half year, which is, again, a positive signal from our industries, and it means continuing positive investment trends. This is uh, in spite of the fact that the new cement kiln capacity expected for this year is reduced from 65 to 55 million tons. This is a proxy for the global investment activity in cement, but it is only one of several. And um, since all the reduction is from India, which typically offers the lowest contract value per ton of new capacity. It means that this can be compensated by more investments elsewhere, for instance, in Russia or Latin America. And that is why we can see a total investment in cement this year at the same or even higher level than last year. It's well known that there's been a temporary slowdown in investments in India. This is not a consequence of any uncertainty in or debt crisis in Europe or the U.S. It's not lack of growth. It's actually the opposite. It's because the growth was uh, accelerating too much, thereby driving up inflation, and the government decided to systematically fight this. Therefore, they have been constantly increasing the interest rates every month for a period. And this will, of course, eventually lead to a temporary slowdown in investments. And that's what's happened. But it is exactly temporary. We can't tell you today for how many quarters, but we can ensure that it is temporary, that the growth will return in full force in India. And we are very happy about our investments and our position in India. One example of, of uh, the expectations for the future is the recent five-year plan for India from 2012 to 2017, which is operating with an annual average growth of 9% and planned investments in infrastructure of $1 trillion U.S. dollars. And we plan to be part of that. This situation in India is um, equal for the cement and the minerals activities, both the temporary slowdown and the longer-term potential. Generally, we see a high proposal activity within minerals. This is especially within coal, copper, iron ore. We could also mention gold. And with that overview, I'll turn to Paulie Tofta, our CFO, who will dive into the numbers. Thank you. Uh, first of all, revenue is uh, showing exactly the same trend uh, this year, uh, quarter over quarter, compared to uh, last year. So a nice upward trend, and uh, that will continue uh, until uh, also into Q4 uh, of uh, this year. The gross profit is uh, also making the, the same nice upward trend and about 5% higher than the same quarter last year. Um, we have a little bit of um, headwind on the currency, about 2%. Uh, 
and uh, gross margin is approximately the same level as um, as last year. Order intake, um, basically the same picture as last year, uh, coming from a very low point. Uh, we saw a low point in Q3 2010, and then it's been ramping up since. Uh, what is uh, especially good news is that um, the unannounced orders, that means the small orders, are actually uh, trending up very nicely. And that's the sort of the more recurring business, and that creates a very sound and, and stable foundation for the future. Uh, backlog is up uh, 16%, so also that is a, is a very healthy development. And um, tender activity, as Juno mentioned, is uh, is good in uh, currently, so um, so things look uh, look good. SGNA, uh, we uh, we have seen our SGNA go up by about 10%. Uh, a lot of that is driven out of uh, acquisitions, and uh, basically the other is driven out of um, uh, ramping up uh, the, the tender cost. Uh, we have uh, we are bidding on a lot of orders right now and have been for quite some time. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, good uh, opportunities out there. Uh, the EBIT uh, is uh, slightly down compared to. Uh, to the same quarter last year, but um, this is a more a, a timing matter. Cash flow, um, after a, a week uh, Q1, we have seen a good Q3, Q2, and an even better Q3. Uh, so we get a lot of cash in. Uh, we also spend the cash. Uh, as you can see here, we spend about 850 million kroner in Q3. Most of this is acquisition, but we also investing into uh, Service centers, uh, previously our our target was to build three uh, regional service centers, and now it's been doubling. Uh, so now we are aiming for six service centers, regional ser- service centers that will uh, eventually create a lot of uh, good high margin uh, uh, revenue for us in the, in the future to come. So we, we feel this is good investment. Furthermore, we also invest in, into in-house production, both in, in China and India, that um, we think is going to uh, eventually lower our cost of sales and thereby increasing the EBIT margin. Generally, we have a positive view on the future, and uh, we are in investing where maybe some other competitors are more hesitant, but the, with a strong pipeline and, and the good tent activity, we are, we are optimistic on the future. Working capital, um, not a lot of changes compared to the previous quarter. Its uh, prepayment is basically flat compared to the last couple of quarters and more or less the same picture on the working capital. But that's even despite uh, the, the fact that we see a mix of more and more customer service and, uh, and more and more uh, minerals that actually should um, lower the prepayment and should increase the working capital. So despite of that, we keep uh, a constant uh, working capital. Our financial uh, platform is uh, still very strong, equity ratio of about 35%. Um, but now our net cash is down to 100 million. We have spent a lot of cash, uh, mainly on acquisitions and on organic growth. And that's part of our strategy to, to use the good market uh, to uh, create a, a, a better footprint. So um, we are confident about the future and uh, choose to in- invest. And with that, I'll hand the word back to Hugh Rasmussen. Thank you.
Every other month, a new family member of the Eversmet group, that's been our track record so far this year. And this is a strong growth potential because all our acquisitions over more than a decade have been successful. They have all fulfilled our expectations and added value for our shareholders. And for very different reasons, as illustrated here, ESA Australia adding footprint in a very important market and at the same time, at the same time paving the way for expansion in automation into minerals with key products. Dynamic Italy, in spite of its European location, of value to us because it has a very strong technology that is adding the remaining parts to our product portfolio in advanced gears. Philips Kiln Services not adding any technology to Apple Smith, but a strong service organization that will boost our global customer service activities. Nelson from Canada adding the remaining strong technology and missing products in the flow sheet in gold. And finally, Transway in India, again, adding important footprint in this long-term, very promising market. And at the same time, giving us 100% control of marketing our leading fist of feeders, where Transway was the agent for India up until the takeover. So far, so good, but rest assured that uh, we will continue following any acquisition opportunities. As Project Tufta mentioned, we are confident in the future, and while some hesitate, we believe timing is right to expand to acquisitions. Turning to cement, with this huge cement plant from Hoang Tak in Vietnam, we built the first line in 1970. We built the second line in 1990, the third in 2010, and we're planning to build the fourth in 2030. Cement order intake has a tough comparison against last year because we had three large O&M contracts with a value of almost $2 billion kroner. And therefore, the order intake is down 20% compared to last year. Whereas the revenue is down 18%, and this is as known due to partly the Arabian Spring in Northern Africa and partly the temporary slowdown that I mentioned in India. The gross margin stays at a high level due to a strong product execution, but the average result is, of course, down with the revenue and more so with the consequential operational leverage. The number of employees is only up due to the O&M contract from last year that are now coming into operation and also to the acquisitions that we've done. The underlying fundamental development in cement continues to be positive with a growth in the global cement consumption in 2011 outside China of 4%. And this will, of course, eventually also be reflected in the average investment level. However, as always, with dramatic 
local variations. And at present, as mentioned here, the best opportunities are in Russia and Latin America. We could also mention Indonesia, which is the country with the fourth largest population in the world. It's the second largest coal exporter in the world. It has huge copper resources as well. This all offers good opportunities for Eiffel Smith. In addition to cement, and um, it was a pleasure recently to visit the cement market at Agresic in Indonesia that we supplied with the first cement plant in Indonesia almost a century ago. And they proudly told us that they only decommissioned this line five years ago. So we have relations and there are opportunities in Indonesia as well. The sustainable level of new cement kiln capacity is unchanged at 60 to 75 million tons per year. We will be lower than that this year for the reasons that I just mentioned. But it will come back. The order intake in cement up more than 50% compared to the same quarter last year. And the backlog thereby also up. 4% compared to same quarter last year, and 1% compared to the beginning of this year. This is both due to unannounced orders, services, but also the major projects where we have announced the four that are illustrated here. We sold six cement mills to the market leader in Brazil, Tim. We are doing an upgrade for Novorosh Cement in Russia. We sold a complete line for Kaluga in Russia with a value of more than 1 billion krona, and also a complete line for Nigeria with an undisclosed contract value. And with that, Bjarne Malke will update on the services. And I will start with the services in cement. Despite a bit softening in some of the cement markets, we have actually been able to increase our revenue by 7% year on year. Uh, and today, uh, the customer services in cement actually account for 41% of the revenue in, uh, in our cement business in total. Um, order intake... Um, and this is a tough comparison, has declined a lot compared to last year, but this is mainly only because of we booked these 1.8 billion O&M contract last year. If we clean up for this, then uh, we are more or less on par with last year, year to date, and uh, only basically affected by North Africa, which normally are very high um, consuming uh, spare parts markets. So we continue to grow the the customer services businesses, and especially in upgrade projects, uh, uh, the area look very promising when it comes to alternative fuels, etc. And with these few words, I will hand over to Christian Jebsen on minerals. Okay, with respect to minerals, you might uh, all recall that uh, I ended uh, the second quarter uh, presentation three months ago stating that uh, we remained confident uh, with respect to the overall business activity in the second half of 2011 to the extent that we expected to further build out our order book, our backlog, and, and deliver on our financial results. And uh, looking back over the last three months uh, and the activity that has now made it through the profit and loss account and the order book, 
I'm pleased to announce that uh, the third quarter, 2011, standalone, was one of the uh, strongest quarters so far in the, uh, in the brief history of uh, minerals here in, in, in Ethel Smith. And if I uh, should comment on the, uh, the three months standalone, as, as you saw, we had uh, quite an order intake, actually uh, the, the highest ever. And uh, it also enabled us to, to mirror through the, uh, the uh, profit loss account a, a solid uh, performance, uh, delivering a, um, an EBIT result uh, over and beyond what you might have expected for the uh, three-month period. Should I comment on the, uh, the nine months uh, so far in 2011, uh, start out talking about the order intake. Uh, it's up uh, 39% compared to 2010 for the first nine months. And uh, as such, uh, we have booked a uh, total uh, number of contracts, uh, products and services to the tune of uh, 12 billion kroner. And it is worth here to notice that uh, in the entire fiscal year 2010, we booked 10 and a half billion kroner worth of goods and services. So already for the first nine months in the year, we have now beaten the results from uh, 2010. As we uh, booked more than we uh, mirror through the profit loss account, we continue to reinforce the, uh, the backlog. And you can see the backlog is now up 37% uh, compared to end 2010, and it now stands at uh, more than 13 billion kroner, which is more than one year of uh, revenue. Looking at an ever-increasing backlog also allows us to mirror more revenue through the uh, profit and loss account, uh, up 20% compared to uh, 2010, which again allows us, uh, based on the good performance in the first nine months, uh, to, to uh, actually uh, upgrade, if you will, uh, the, uh, or, or revise our expectations to the, uh, to the revenue for the 12-month uh, period uh, 2011 to now between 11 to 12 billion kroner. Gross margin is improving as we move throughout the year, and it stood at the end of the nine-month period at 23.4%, still a little bit lower compared to the last year, explained uh, uh, three months ago with particular uh, two projects where we had to further add cost in order to, to live up to our uh, commitment. Uh, that all yields a uh, bottom line in terms of EBIT ratio of 9.1% uh, uh, versus 10.1% uh, a year ago. Again, worth to note here that Q3 standalone almost delivered uh, 12% before uh, purchase accounting uh, adjustments. So based on the overall activity, uh, both in terms of uh, proposing, uh, selling, and, uh, of course, executing the uh, backlog, we have a need to, to basically add more resources to our payroll. And then over the last 12 months, we have, as such, added uh, both through organic growth and also acquisitions, uh, around 1,000 uh, highly skilled uh, employees. So the number now stands as these uh, 5,392. If we look at the order intake and the, uh, the backlog, uh, as I, again, might uh, refer to what I've said in the last uh, couple of uh, meetings we have had here, is the fact that we uh, continue, and we still continue, to entertain quite a, a proposed backlog. The good news is now that, uh, in particular in Q3, a big chunk of that uh, pipeline was actually indeed converted into uh, uh, contracts that then fell into the, uh, to the backlog. And what's worth noticing here is that we had two uh, announced orders uh, in, in the quarter itself, uh, one in materials handling and one in comminution, uh, totaling 1.4 billion kroner, which leaves an impressive number of 3.3 billion kroner in so-called unannounced orders. 
that includes uh, products, uh, smaller systems, and, of course, the, uh, the aftermarket. And you can see then on the graph here that uh, it continues to trend upwards in terms of the unannounced order, and those uh, are now standing at a very uh, healthy level. And here again, I will confirm that uh, despite the fact that we took to, to, to the book 4.7 billion, the proposal pipeline still stands at the same high level as three months ago. So again, I can confirm that the, the back or the pipeline is not being diluted per se, which talks to the overall activity in, in the market. Looking at the backlog, as I said, it stands now in uh, 13 billion, which is up more than 33% compared to uh, a year ago. In terms of the, uh, the order, uh, geographically, uh, if we look at the announced orders, seven of them total, uh, five uh, through a stock exchange, uh, added, uh, all added up was uh, 3.4 billion kroner, particular materials handling and comminution again, uh, very active on the, uh, the African uh, continent. And that number, 3.4, compares well with the last year, where we had 3.2 billion at the, uh, at the same time. In terms of distribution, industry versus technology, continues to be copper, gold, and coal. That is driving the overall business activity, uh, all 12 billion. And if we look at technology, same picture as last time, it is comminution, i.e. crushing and milling, followed by uh, separation and uh, materials handling. If we look at the world in terms of geography, it's, uh, it's the Americas that accounts for uh, 45% of the overall activity, followed by, uh, by, Africa, by uh, Asia, uh, Africa, and uh, Australia. In terms of the, uh, the, the current business environment and uh, as we look forward, we talked about the fact that the unannounced orders uh, still uh, shows a sign of a uh, very high activity, uh, be that customer service and, again, uh, single products, and we don't see a uh, change in that pattern uh, going forward. And as you can see, the, uh, the, uh, the backlog is now being converted into a very, for this quarter, a high revenue, 3.3 billion kroner, the highest in the comparison period here, up 55% compared to a year ago. More importantly, we also delivered more to the bottom line. Uh, after purchase accounting adjustments, 410 million kroner, which equates to a EBIT ratio of 12.5%, which tells you what uh, this organization is capable of uh, uh, delivering. So all in all, and as we look forward, uh, I would say that with respect to the overall minerals activity, despite the fact that the world remain uh, uncertain and metal prices have lost some momentum in the uh, third quarter, we are still very confident uh, with respect to the overall uh, demand uh, that we are looking at. And as such, the, uh, the dialogue we have with our customer base uh, continues to tell us that uh, there's a lot of confidence uh, among the customer base that they continue to state that they are going to support uh, very high uh, capex and investment plans in the years to come. And uh, the only downside maybe or the only thing that, uh, that uh, the industry is, is uh, challenged with is, is and continues to be the, uh, the uh, permitting process that we talked about previously, which is also what, what impacts the timing of particularly the, uh, the major orders. It's the, uh, the challenge regarding the uh, depletion of uh, ore bodies and then our customers' desire to constantly drive down the cost per uh, ton ore produced. And uh, those challenges are, of course, uh, the ones that Defo Smith can help with as we promote our state of the technology 
should it be products, uh, islands, or solutions, followed by a very extensive uh, service organization uh, throughout the world. So if we assume that the, uh, the world remains uh, compared to where it is today and it remains uh, to a certain extent uh, robust, uh, we are very confident that we can continue to grow our business, we can continue to grow the book, the backlog, and also the, uh, the financial results. And we do see a continued activity, as Huno mentioned, coal, copper, iron ore, and gold. And with respect to technology, it continues to be comminution and uh, material handling. So all in all, if you look at the mineral side of the business, we, uh, we remain uh, confident in an uh, uncertain world. And with that, I'll let uh, Bjarne explain the uh, customer service side of minerals. Thank you very much. And uh, as you can see here, we clearly see the high business activity in minerals also has a great impact on our customer services business in minerals, both when it comes to revenue, but definitely also when it comes to order intake. Order intake increased more than 30% this year compared to last year and accounts actually for 26% of the total order intake in, in the very high uh, year of minerals. And revenue increased by 20% and accounts now for 35% of uh, the total revenue in, in minerals. So this is a clear picture of what uh, actually the output will be when all our customers in minerals are very, very busy. Going to separate our fiber cement business here in Europe, um, you can see that we have been able to increase revenue by 5% uh, so far this year. Uh, margins has also gone up uh, nicely, I would say, and this is due to better product mix, i.e. actually higher sale of flatboards. There's a lot of uncertainty in Europe, which this is not a secret, especially in the southern part of Europe, but uh, we have, however, seen some uh, kind, somewhat a stabilization, I would say, in the third quarter here. Uh, so um, um, we are quite confident in, in the fiber cement business, and you can also see our margins, EBIT ratios has, has gone up nicely. This is the usual slide we, we show for just to illustrate that we have season in the fiber cement business, uh, uh, and the pattern is, as always, that uh, Q2 um, and Q3, as you can see here on the EBIT graph, uh, we have the highest earnings, and Q1 and Q4, we have the low season impact on, on the earnings. But... Um, our margin has been doubled this year uh, to 4% and is uh, nicely following our guidance. And with these words, I will turn the mic to Jan Huno Rasmussen. The future is uh, always difficult to predict, also in our industries. About a year ago, um, I don't think anybody planned for the Arabian Spring or for a slowdown in India or for a postponement of new emission standards in the U.S., or for dramatic increase of minerals taxes in several countries, or for the acceleration of the European debt crisis. Neither did we in Smith, But we did plan for a business model to be robust enough to handle such unforeseen events. And that's what we have demonstrated. And that's why we are able to maintain our guidance and deliver on our promises in spite of a reduction of the expected new capacity of cement down to 55 million tons for this year. We are now specifying the group turnover at the upper end of the range, 
21.5 to 22 billion Danish kroner. Both the EBIT ratio, the tax rate, and the investments are unchanged compared to our earlier guidance. And it reflects the moderate uh, reduction in cement and then sharper increase in minerals, whereas Sembrit is unchanged, both turnover and results. The basis for our long-term guidance is unchanged regarding urbanization and industrialization. We see no signs of changes here, and therefore we've also maintained our long-term financial targets regarding EBIT and the PPA effect. Whereas um, you will notice in the report that we expect also for the next couple of years uh, to have investments higher than our minimum maintenance level because we do see very good opportunities of organic growth through investments, for instance, in our super service centers and similar. So the key takeaways for today are the record high order intake in minerals and very good news that um, this there are no signs that this is going to stop. On the contrary, we have seen the very high proposal activity, as Christian Jepsen mentioned, continuing into the fourth quarter. Cement, we have clarified, has been hit by the events in Northern Africa and the temporary slowdown in India, but has partly been compensated by positive developments elsewhere, in particular in Russia and in Brazil. We also see promising developments. And then, summa summarum, we have upgraded the full-year revenue guidance to the upper end of the range. And with that, we'll be happy to take any questions you may have. Uh, Lars Chopin from uh, Carnegie with, with a few uh, questions. Uh, one goes for, for India, Jan. You, you mentioned that uh, th this was partly a function of interest rates uh, increasing. Uh, can you just give a flavor on how much have they increased and how much or to what level do they need to go down again before we should expect uh, order activity to pick up there? Uh, then a question on the Vietnamese plant you showed on slide 14. Is that in the backlog? And then a third question is about uh, minerals, because now, now we have seen uh, auto momentum improving uh, four quarters in a row, uh, and, and uh, I'm not trying to get a specific guidance for Q4, but, but more, do you see that uh, trend changing now, or do you believe we, we will still go, go, going to see that momentum? And then a final question, if I may, on the... Acquisitions, you now spent uh, 821 million on acquisitions year to date, and, and that's a fairly high number. Can you give some flavor on what kind of multiples you acquire at maybe just on average? Uh, what kind of annualized EBIT effect should we see from this, and how much of that is synergies? Uh, because uh, it's now a big enough number, uh, at least for me, to begin to model it in. Thanks. Um, I'll pass the um, Indian question to my colleague, our man in India, uh, Bjarne Malka, who is closer to the uh, events as they develop. 
Um, Vietnam, no, it's not in the backlog yet. Uh, there's some time to go, but um, we are confident. Regarding the um, uh, acquisitions, um, yes, uh, you're right. Um, even with uh, smaller acquisitions, uh, if we do enough, uh, it will uh, influence the total picture, and that's exactly the plan. Um, they are varying, as I explained, that they contributed. They contribute very differently, uh, and therefore their structure and their key uh, numbers are also very different, depending on whether you buy a, a pure service organization or you buy a strong patented uh, technology, for instance. So they have very varying uh, key figures, and, and I can't just uh, give you an, sort of an average uh, here. But we will consider if we later can can give some guidance, maybe also some uh, under, better understanding of, of uh, how it's contributing. I can say that, um, uh, as I mentioned, we have generally had very positive experiences. We don't um, acquire with an expectation of dramatic uh, synergies from cost savings, for instance. That's not uh, our model. Uh, when we talk about synergies, it's typically uh, uh, increased uh, what we call cross-sales, that we can, for instance, take a small company and utilize our global footprint. And we have been very successful in doing that. And, and those sales synergies we have always achieved, uh, even in DLME where we had the, uh, the biggest number. So um, we are not sort of uh, taking any uh, big chances or risking in the acquisitions, but I can't quantify it right now. So may, maybe say if it's a net earnings accretive or earnings dilutive. Uh... The basic idea is that uh, it will uh, have uh, better numbers than we do on average in the group so that it will strengthen the, uh, the key figures for the group. That's the general picture. Yes, uh, and just um, maybe one service comment, and we are buying at normal market multiples. And then uh, going coming to India, India, I mean, we have an interest rate of uh, 10 to 12% in India now, and that is, of course, uh, keeping investment a little bit uh, on the low side. And uh, these, uh, this high level of interest rate is driven really by high inflation, which is at a level of 10% now. And I think that uh, the government has strong means to get the inflation down to 6 7%. We know when we talk with our customers, with, um, average dem uh, demand has actually gone up for cement this year by 5%. This is lower than estimated earlier, but 5% of cement. But there's a lot of new capacity coming on stream as well. So this, this is this uh, combination of, uh, of uh, uncertainty, of uh, uh, high capacity, overcapacity, I would say, and then the high um, interest that are keeping investments a little bit on the, on the low side. So this is a damper, actually, that's been put on. Permits is another f uh, thing that also drag out the decisions for our customers. It takes longer time now than five years ago to get permits for quarries and for establishing new uh, capacity. But the, the, the need is there. When we talk with the customers, I mean, we are, we are, the pipeline is basically the intact uh, of new projects. It's just that people are waiting a little bit, our customers waiting a little bit. And this is, of course, um, uh, very uh, reasonable why they do that. So 
it's, a, it's only a matter of time before it starts picking up again. Um, the normal way India reacts is that it slows down quickly and then it uh, rushes up again uh, quite fast. So I, I think that uh, this is the same here this time also. And then the, the last thing I will mention is that um, it takes a l couple of years to build a cement plant. So for our customers to be ready, we already now see that some are talking about we also need to be ready with a new capacity so we are ready to, to ride on the way when, when everything starts again. You talked about, uh, you asked about the order momentum in, in minerals and uh, thanks for noting that it's been an upward trend for the last uh, many quarters. Uh, uh, first of all, I mean, I, I think the best indicator of uh, where we might end up at the end of uh, 2011 is uh, to look at, again, the proposal pipeline that I said has not been diluted. It's been a good indicator in the past, so I assume that's also a, uh, a good one going forward. The other, is, uh, the other indicator is the fact that we continue to have uh, quite a, uh, an amount of cons customer interaction, uh, and that not just in specific pockets around the globe, it's, it's basically everywhere, where we see activity in the different uh, segments that we, uh, that we cater to. And then also the, uh, the other indicator is uh, what I mentioned a couple of times, that if you look at our uh, order intake so far, the bulk of it has been around comminution, which is crossing and milling. And therefore, you can rest assured that in order to have a uh, producing asset, you all, the customer also needs the downstream, which is the separation part of it. And uh, you can also rest assured that we will uh, be proposing to, uh, to those customers who currently are the lucky owner of comminution but need the rest of the flow sheet. So we can expect that uh, there will be a continued... Uh, opportunity out there in order to further uh, uh, increase or remain at this high level in terms of bookings. The, uh, the disclaimer is, again, what I mentioned, the, uh, the permitting and, and what it takes for a customer to, to get going, and, and that's all about timing. So uh, let's see how that pans out going forward. So uh, as you know, we don't guide with respect to all intake, but let me just say here I'll be very surprised if we don't beat the uh, record year 2008 which was 14.5 billion. Yes, Vessel Ahmed uh, from Handels Bank and Capital Markets with a couple of questions. And the first two ones uh, to Christian. Um, firstly, regarding the proposal uh, pipeline, uh, you've <coughs> given us a, a bit of flavor on that. Could you also comment a bit more on, on the composition of uh, the pipeline? Has it changed materially in terms of early stage, late stage, given that you have uh, booked a lot of the, those orders now uh, from your old pipeline? And um, has it also changed with respect to small orders, large orders, greenfield orders, uh, brownfield orders, um, if you could provide some flavor on that? And the second question, uh, lead times, uh, they are increasing um, when should your backlog be converted? Should, uh, has, has that also extended uh, conversion of your backlog uh, compared, to, compare, compared to the past? And the final question to uh, uh, Paul, um, could you remind us when your service super centers will be coming online, uh, the six centers which you mentioned? That's all. I think we noted in here, and we also mentioned that the last... Uh, at the last investor meeting that uh, they, they, are, they have been extending throughout uh, 2011, uh, particularly on the uh, comminution side, uh, the heavy components, the castings. 
And uh, as far as I recall now, they sit out there around uh, 75 weeks uh, and uh, might creep up as we move uh, further into the future. But right now, the way we plan and based on the, uh, the arrangements we have of our supply base, it has not changed the, uh, the overall conversion of uh, an order to, to, to revenue. So that remains more or less uh, the same. The, uh, you asked about the, the pipeline and the composition of same. I mean, there's, not, uh, there's really no change to what we are looking at right now. We continue to entertain quite a uh, set of opportunities with income minution which is typically the front-runner of, uh, of a new uh, mine or uh, brownfield versus uh, greenfield. And then I should also mention here that we, uh, we actually, as we said at other meetings too, that we are entertaining quite a, uh, a list when it comes to materials handling. So the technology that actually moves the stuff around uh, from the quarry to the flow sheet and out again. And there we see some... Uh, some quite big uh, opportunities in, 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 in the different industry segments, again, scattered throughout the world. So the pipeline overall has not changed, nor in size, nor in, nor in nature, if you want to decompose it. But on, the, on the service super centers, I mean, uh, we, we are up from three to six, as, as uh, you noted, and um, the ones we uh, sort of concluded on uh, early this year or late last year will come on stream in first half of next year. And then the, the more recent ones that we've decided to do uh, will come on stream uh, late next year. Thanks. Uh, Kenneth Leiling from uh, Danske. Um, first of all, I have a question in terms of your, um, the pricing you're seeing. The, um, if you could give us some kind of flavor in terms of the pricing in your backlog or recent orders, sort of the recent development to, to understand that. And then um, sort of like what, what Faisal is talking about, I mean, we talk, you haven't really seen a big increase in terms of the larger orders but you've seen a very, very strong development in terms of the smaller orders in the minerals business. And uh, I was just wondering, I mean, is this going to continue or is it sort of, in your view, uh, the new way that, that all orders will be cut into these smaller uh, portions? Or what, what's your view in terms of the larger orders recovering again? And then finally, if you could just uh, give us some idea in terms of why cement revenues will be so considerably higher in the fourth quarter versus, um, yeah, the level in the past three quarters. Thanks. Okay, with respect to, <coughs> to pricing, it's going to be a repeat of what I said last time. The, uh, the overall competitive landscape remains the same, and so does the pricing. It, it seems to have flattened out. It's not comparable to what we saw, of course, in 2008. And as such, the overall uh, pricing margins that you see in the backlog are lower than we enjoyed back in 2008. That's also what you see when it runs through the PNL that the overall gross margin is a little less than we saw previously. We are trying to mitigate that by different levers in terms of becoming more effective, execute more with less, try to look at the cost structure, et cetera, et cetera. So that was with respect to pricing and backlog. In terms of the nature of how we announce orders or how they're actually being executed from the customer point towards the supply base, I think you can divide it into to maybe uh, two buckets. Uh, there are those customers who go, who, who chooses to go the traditional way in terms of the uh, the procurement model, 
where they, uh, where they actually hire a, uh, a large engineering firm that also acts as a procurement agent. That procurement agent will typically chop up the flow sheet, start out with the comminution, later the downstream, etc. And that's, that's the bidding process, and that's why you see the announcement chopped up. Uh, other customers will entertain, at this, at a, similar to what we see in cement, a complete plan at the same time. And that uh, we hope to, to, to see more of uh, going forward because that's actually where we think we have a strength and that's what we are promoting as the one source, uh, the fact that we can supply all the core equipment with all the engineering around. And we think the market is getting to a point where it uh, is starting to, to gain some momentum in, in understanding what that value actually is to the customer base. And then on materials handling, there you see the bigger systems uh, because it, uh, it's, it's by itself – those huge coal systems, iron ore systems, are large in terms of dollar numbers. But there, and, and there you saw a few announcements uh, in the previous quarters, uh, respectively in, uh, in Indonesia and, and in Morocco, and I, I expect those to, to continue uh, going forward. Regarding the cement uh, turnover, uh, this is primarily a reading of our backlog. And then you'll ask, why... Uh, Will it give more revenue in the fourth quarter? Well, for a number of reasons. Uh, there are many fluctuations uh, depending on, on sm combinations of small and large orders. And uh, systematically, there's the change that in, in spring, we had the Arabian spring, which uh, meant that uh, uh, in the first and second quarter, there was a lot of turnover that was postponed in northern Africa where we are now uh, back in full force, uh, both in Egypt and Tunisia. So these projects are giving revenue here in, in the second half, which they didn't in the first half. So that is one of the reasons. But it's simply a reading of our backlog. So we feel confident about the expectations. If I may just uh, follow up on the price side um, in minerals, I just want... Can you just tell us, are you not seeing any signs that the increased lead times and you know, better market situation is, is leading to any kind of price increases sequentially. I mean, obviously not as good as in 2008, but at least an improvement from the, the levels in, yeah, in Q2 or Q3. Yeah, of course, if, if the closer you move to, if I can call it a seller's market, the, the greater the opportunities for, for uh, try-out uh, price increases, but we are not yet at that, uh, that point. So the, uh, as I said before, the, the prices at per se is still are still flat. And the, uh, the fact that, uh, that uh, the, uh, if you may recall that in 2008, we were not talking about 75 weeks. We were talking at twice that, and, and that, that gave us uh, some a different uh, leverage compared to discussing price, but, but we are not there yet. So we, don't have the, we haven't had the opportunity yet. That's not the same as we're not trying. But... Uh, Klaus Kiel from New Credit Markets. Um, a couple of questions. If I look at the uh, order intake in cement, uh, the current run rate is around 8 billion or 6 billion on three quarters and then more or less, most likely, 8 billion for the full year. Uh, and sooner or later, order intake ought to equal revenues. So would it be fair to uh, expect that uh, cement might uh, slow down or have uh, declining sales uh, perhaps uh, next year. Secondly, um, 
could you elaborate a bit on the financing or financing situation among the cement uh, clients? I believe that all the mineral uh, clients, they are, have very strong balance sheets, so they are most likely not affected by the current turmoil. And thirdly, uh, we discussed the pricing trends for, uh, for minerals. Uh, could we try to, to do the same for, for cement and also try to yeah, compare pricing in, in the backlog compared to perhaps the prices in, 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 in the P&L right now? Thank you. First, uh, regarding 2012, we don't guide for 2012 uh, as of today, but I can't argue against your logic that uh, uh, over time there, there is a relation between the, uh, the size of the backlog and the, and the turnover. Um, so yes, the, uh, you could say the run rate uh, is indicating uh, uh, future reduced uh, turnover. On the other hand, you have to bear in mind what we describe in detail, a number of sort of unforeseen events uh, uh, happening this year that we don't expect to see uh, repeated uh, in the coming years. So there are upsides that uh, could change this pattern, and that's what we're going to take a closer look at over the coming quarter, and then we'll get back to you with a more precise answer uh, in February. Um, I can say regarding the financing that uh, generally the situation is not too bad uh, in cement. There are strong global players that can finance uh, practically anything they want. There are global players who are not exactly in that situation yet, uh, but there are a number of regional players who have a strong sort of local foothold and um, and uh, nice balance sheets and are capable of, of financing if they want to. And Bernamalke mentioned examples why some regional Indian customers could easily finance uh, products if they wanted to, but they want to postpone, they want to wait for a while. But the ability is there, and we don't see financing as uh, sort of uh, stopping block as it used to be a couple of years ago. It's more like a delaying factor in the sense that it takes longer time and, and the banks are more cautious and you need more visibility and so on. But eventually, good products can't be financed. Pricing is in many ways uh, uh, similar to minerals, uh, which is also to be expected. Um, uh, we have explained that the the um, potential in minerals is stronger uh, than in cement. The growth is stronger. The lead times are longer. So uh, for the same reasons, we are not yet in a situation where we can increase prices and it will take a little longer in cement than it will in minerals before we reach that stage. So the situation is unchanged that it's not uh, like the uh, the boom. Uh, it's not like the worst part of the crisis either. But um, it's it's sort of a uh, flat level, the same level that it's been for the last year or so. If there are no more questions here, we'll hear if there are any questions on the phone. Gentlemen, I remind you that if you want to ask a question, you need to press zero one on your telephone keypad. The first question comes from Mr. Nicole Dill from J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead, sir. 
Good, um, good morning, gentlemen. It's uh, Nico Dill calling from JP Morgan. I wanted to ask three quick questions, please. First of all, in the 2011 cement guidance, you're going for $9 billion in revenues or a 70% sequential step up in revenues into Q4 versus Q3. I've never seen this in the company history. Could you, could you go into a bit more detail in terms of how that capacity expansion will work for the company? So the simple question here is, how do you expect to facilitate a 70% sequential step up in cement revenues in Q4? Second question is, what percentage of customer services orders year-to-date are in O&M contracts? And the third uh, simple question is, special non-recurring items are some 8 million Danish krona in uh, Q3, uh, a big positive impact for the quarter. I was hoping you could explain us where this comes from. Thank you. Thank you. Regarding the uh, step up of 70% uh, in cement, uh, it's simple. Uh, we uh, just need a couple of shipments uh, and the uh, bill of lading, and uh, we have uh, increased the um, uh, turnover dramatically. So this, you 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 must uh, imagine that it, it's not a question of uh, hundreds of engineers and and uh, that you need 70% more in a in a given quarter. The uh, the turnover will come as we uh, execute the order and um, and shipments, for instance, are, are um, uh, can can mean dramatic uh, differences over a very short period. So um, so we we don't see the the 70% uh, as a problem per se. Um, it's uh, simply the reading of our existing contracts and the backlog, and and that's what we expect to to deliver. And if there are no unforeseen events. That's what we're going to deliver. But, of course, if for whatever reason a customer is delayed or refuses to take shipment or similar, uh, there could be uh, delays, postponements uh, that would then uh, uh, go into 2012 instead. But uh, there will be it, – it's not going to be a capacity issue to uh, execute as, as guided. The, the intake this year has been very low. We have not announced any big orders, so it's close to zero, the intake uh, from O&M in customer service cement. When it comes to minerals, customer services, then it's in the level of 5% of the order intake year-to-date. And the special non-recurring items? Out of five billion in, in revenue, that's a, that's a sale of an asset. Um, just one uh, more comment on uh, on revenue in, in cement in Q4. Um, we did 3.6 billion of revenue in Q4 in 2009, and uh, we are basically the same number of people today. So, so it's not so much a reflection of. Uh, how many people we are and all that, it, it's, it's mainly the customers. I mean, we have all the goods ready and available, and, but the customer said, we don't want it until Q4. So things are already there. It's just a matter of putting it on a ship, and then the revenue is there. So it's not that we have to sort of produce all the machinery. They are already there. So revenue has much more to do with when do the customer want the equipment more than when have we actually produced it. 
That's very clear. I actually couldn't really hear your answer on the um, on the percentage in O&M contracts for minerals or the answer to the special non-recurring items of 8 million Danish kroner. Sorry, the, the line went a bit bad. We have uh, year-to-date order intake in customer service minerals are roughly a little bit more than 3 billion. And in total, uh, we have order intake in O&M in customer services of 600 million DKK. And the 8 million kroner in one-off income, which is about one promille of our revenue, is a sale and a gain on the sale of an asset. Very clear. Thank you so much. The next question comes from Mr. Jacob Pedersen from Seed Bank. Please go ahead, sir. Uh, hi, gentlemen. Um, I have just a, a couple of questions. First of all, I'd like a, a few comments from you on, on your China strategy. And also, if you could comment on the competitive environment, both in minerals at the moment and in the cement business. On the China strategy, China is important for several reasons. Uh, one being uh, uh, sourcing, uh, uh, both uh, in and externally, which is why we are uh, investing uh, in, in uh, more in-house sourcing in uh, China this year. Um, it is also important as a, a niche market for a number of advanced products which are progressing uh, well. And um, then we have uh, uh, developed a product to sell more complete lines of uh, cement plants in, in China as well. And we have reached the uh, price level to be competitive in China. Uh, it hasn't made us sell any of them yet. And one could speculate whether uh, there might be other reasons for that. Um, uh, so we haven't uh, uh, budgeted with any uh, dramatic increase in, in uh, turnover in China. But we will continue to pursue uh, developments in the market and uh, try to uh, obtain a larger market share. And we will do that uh, by different means. And, um, and we do have a stronger position in China today than we had a few years ago, since we have um, integrated all our activities into a, a joint office in Beijing, and this will give us more uh, strength uh, uh, into the market as well. Regarding the uh, competitive pattern, I think we touched upon it uh, when describing uh, the price levels. Um, it's flat uh, in both industries, and that is very much... Uh, reflecting a, a fairly tough competition in spite of um, uh, reasonably many opportunities in cement and considerably uh, more in minerals. I don't know if you have something to add, Christian. No, I think on minerals, uh, Jacob, the, the, the competitive landscape remains the same. It's the same, same household names that you have seen in the past, and uh, I guess your question goes more maybe to the Chinese competition. And, and so far, we they remain... Uh, only focused on the milling uh, side of the business. Uh, they have no uh, no offer, or at least they have not gained any traction with respect to the rest of the uh, the flow sheet. And going forward, I, I don't expect to see much of a change in, in the competitive landscape there either. I mean, uh, what I do see is that uh, the more Chinese investments you see in mines outside China, uh, the more we will probably see the uh, the, the Chinese uh, suppliers because they will be uh, invited uh, to bid by their own countrymen 
as they invest in, in different parts of the world. But, but as such, I mean, there, there is no change to the, uh, to the landscape per se. Then let me also comment on Chinese competition in cement outside China, which has uh, become uh, no stronger than it used to be. We have, uh, for instance, uh, I believe not seen a single contract for the new uh, competitor that bought uh, into uh, 20%, I believe, of KSD. Uh, to my knowledge, they haven't obtained a single contract. And uh, uh, it's our belief that uh, we have uh, at least maintained our international uh, market share uh, vis-à-vis the uh, Chinese competitors. Okay, thanks very much. The next question comes from Mr. Daniel Patterson from SCBN Skilda. Please go ahead, sir. Uh, thank you. Yes, hello, gentlemen. Uh, I have a few questions. I'd like to take them one by one, if possible. Uh, the first one goes to uh, your CapEx outlook, 900 million, uh, also in the next few years. Now, you want to invest in, in organic growth. That sounds fine. But for me, it's a little bit sort of moving away from your capital light business model. How are you thinking about this? No, we will not move away from our uh, CapEx light uh, business model. Everything is uh, relative. Um, uh, we, I think the most important aspect is that we have the ability to cut down dramatically and do it fast on the investments. We demonstrated that in 2009. I believe we had a total investment of 250 million kroner, uh, way below what we would see as the normalized uh, maintenance level of four to 500. Uh, now we are at uh, roughly uh, twice that amount, but um, it's a sort of an uh, opportunistic uh, approach where, and, and in line with our strategy that, that we see good opportunities uh, of, of organic growth and, uh, and uh, uh, we see uh, uh, calculations uh, supporting that there's a good return on, on these investments and, and that's why we do it. Um, we're not forced to it in, in any way and we can cut back. And it's also important to say that even with our investment, for instance, uh, for in-house manufacturing in, in China and India, we will still be uh, asset light. Um, we might move from, say, uh, 80% outsourced to maybe 70% outsourced uh, eventually, but we would still consider that uh, asset light compared to some competitors that have the opposite pattern where they have maybe 20% outsourced. So it's important to, to have that relative uh, aspect in mind. Uh, all right. Um, then in cement, uh, you recently won a, a limestone uh, contract in uh, Latin America. Now, could you perhaps give a little bit of flavor here? What's the cross-selling opportunities and cross-selling cement technologies but to non-cement industries? And the reason that I ask is now you're, you're cutting your cement outlook to 55 million tons. Does it make sense to start thinking about you can win you know, a sizable amount of business for your cement division in non-cement industries? Yes, uh, we constantly uh, work towards uh, uh, more integration. And um, what you mentioned here, <coughs> uh, sorry, is a good example that we sell a technology, uh, cement technology uh, into uh, minerals industry, uh, the, uh, the lime industry. You could also say that the other good examples are automation and air tech, where we sell um, uh, 
instrumentation um, uh, automation solutions into both industries. We sell uh, air pollution control filters into both industries, and we get a lot of, of synergies there. And we will continue to exploit these uh, opportunities. And then you could say eventually uh, the um, the line between cement and minerals will become less distinct, uh, but uh, the flexibility and the opportunities will become bigger. Okay, could you perhaps say today uh, how much of your cement business is, you know, strictly speaking, cement? Uh, I can't give you a, a number for that. Is the non-cement business is it, you know, meaningful? It's a uh, what we uh, what we report as cement is um, by far primarily cement. Okay, fair enough. I have a, a final question. I think this is for Paul a little bit technical. Um, in the uh, in the cash flow statement here in the third quarter, there's a, a pretty big change in provisions, more than 100 million. Uh, I just want to know: is there something, uh, sort of a project that's gone wrong here, or, or something like that, that you had to spend? Quite a bit on provisions there. No, uh, there, 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 I would say that there's nothing in in particular related to to, to this. I mean, um, um, you you know that uh, we had these two projects that uh, that went wrong uh, um, in, in Q2, and and a, a small portion of the 263 is rela- related to that, but just a small portion. Okay, so no reason to be concerned. The next question comes from Mr. Alexei Denor from Exxon BNP Paribas. Please go ahead, sir. Yes, good morning. Uh, just a question on uh, the EBITDA before uh, special items coming from the, the other companies' line, corporate line. Um, so if I look at the report, it was 6 million positive Danish krona huh, before, uh, so being uh, negative 48 million uh, last year, uh, year to date. What's driving the difference? Thank you. Well, I, I, I don't have a sort of the answer now, but I, I think I'll be able to provide it later to you. So can we take another question in between? And no further questions from the telephone. Please go ahead, speakers. No questions on the phone. Any questions in the room? One more. Yes, just uh, one final question to Paul. Um, If you look at administration costs uh, in Q3, they jump quite a bit uh, sequentially um, from Q2. I mean, in Q2 they were at 359, and in Q3 they are at 421. Could you just remind us what what uh, is driving this um, jump? It's it's really a- across the board. It's uh, it has a lot to do with the acquisitions that we have made, and uh, and then uh, generally a ramp up, which is not just taking place in in sales and distribution, but also in in admin. So, so is th- is this the run rate going forward, or how, how should we um, 
interpret this? Is there some something seasonal here, or is this the run rate? Well, you know, uh, it, if you, if you look at the year-to-date numbers, then it's uh, it, it's not far off from what we saw last year. Uh, so um, I would say it's it's about the the right run rate. Thank you. And then uh, I guess uh, Paulette will call back to extend the bank pivot, so we yeah. don't uh, need uh, everyone else to wait for that. But if there are no more questions here, thank you very much for your interest.